0: Hey, hey, glad you're here. Did you have a chance to watch the first episode of The Chosen? It's okay if you didn't. Uh, just go to your app store on your phone or your computer and download The Chosen app. And if you haven't taken time to do that, what well, you still can. In fact, if I could just reach through this camera and screen and gently twist your arm to watch this, i do it. (laughs) People who have met and walked with Jesus have put this together. I've come to know Jesus more by watching it. And in the scheme of life and everything that we can experience, coming to better know Jesus, (laughs) it just leaves everything else in the dust. The Chosen. Catch up with episodes one and two this week. Shabbat. It's a Jewish word that means rest. Our English transliteration is the word Sabbath, a little more familiar to us. Most of us have some context to draw from with the word Sabbath. A lot of us have an idea that it has some kind of religious connotation. Many of us went to Sunday school, and we can remember the lessons of creation and how God created the universe. And then Moses wrote it down for the Israelites and how God created the heavens and the earth. And he created light and darkness and he called the light day and he called the darkness night. And God created the water and and the land and the growing plants and the vegetation, the sun and the moon and the stars and the creatures that would fly and the creatures that would swim. God created creatures able to live on land and walk around and then his final creation He made something in his own image. He crafted the human being. And then Moses wrapped this creation story up with this statement. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So the human being is given the capacity to tend to and to take care of this created beautiful blue marble. But one day was created for rest, a Sabbath, a Shabbat. In our rhythm of weekly life, God intended one day in seven to be a day of rejuvenation, a day of gaining energy and vigor, a day of restoration, a day when we wouldn't necessarily be tending to and taking care of the earth, but would instead look and find rest. Now, while one day in seven for rest does promote a more healthy and balanced life, there is a deeper meaning to Shabbat. The explanation is given in an ancient document document written to Hebrew believers all the way nearly 2,000 years ago. Look what it says. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete Sabbath rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God-faith-rest life, we cease from our own works just as God celebrated His finished works and rests in them. So then we must be eager to experience this faith-rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. This letter was written to people who were struggling with putting all of their trust in Jesus Christ alone. They were being tempted to trust in themselves in their own understanding in their own abilities. And the problem was that this holy standard that God had given them to follow is impossible to follow perfectly. Take just the 10 commandments, God's basic 10 laws. The first one, no other gods before me. So anybody here ever put anything in front of God? Yeah, that would be me too. Commandment number one, broken. Commandment number two, no idols. Has anything captured your pursuits more than your pursuit of God? Yeah, me too. Commandment number two, broken. Commandment number three, no taking God's name in vain. I'm not just talking about cursing. I'm also talking about being flippant or irreverent or just thoughtless in your use of God's name. Maybe you're even singing a song to Him. Ever done that? Me too. Commandment number three, broken. Commandment number four, remember the Sabbath day. So have you ever gone a week without any rest? (laughs) You do live in America, don't you? Yeah. Commandment number four, broken. Commandment number five, honor your father and mother. Seriously, you're gonna say you've never broke that. Okay, commandment number five, broken. Six, don't murder. You remember what Jesus said, if you harbor hatred in your heart towards someone, you're guilty of murdering them. Okay, commandment number six, broken. Commandment number seven, don't commit adultery. You remember what Jesus said in his too. If you have lustful thoughts in your heart towards someone, you've committed adultery. Commandment number seven, broken. Commandment number eight, don't steal, either on purpose or by accident. You ever accidentally taken something that wasn't yours? Broken. Commandment number nine, don't lie. If you say you haven't lied, then you just broke commandment number nine. Commandment number 10, don't covet. Have you ever longed for something that belonged to someone else? Who hasn't? Y'all, That's just the main 10 points of God's holy law. And we're all guilty of all of them. Is there any confidence to be found in how we have lived our life before a holy creator? The Hebrew people were thinking about rejecting Jesus and what he had given them, his life. His atonement for them. And then not only were they thinking about rejecting what Jesus had done for them, they were then thinking about returning to trying to work their way to God on their own. Jesus is calling them to a Shabbat, a rest from their own work and effort, a rest from trying to earn their way to God and into heaven. And as long as we think that our right standing with God is dependent upon us, we will never enter into God's rest. Our Sabbath, our Shabbat, our rest is only found in Jesus. He is our Shabbat. One of Jesus' final words on the cross, tetelestai, such a great word. Literally, it is finished, the debt is paid. It is canceled. The work is done. We are now called to live in the finished work of Christ. We are called to rest in Jesus, our Shabbat. Hey, resting one day in seven for better health? Absolutely. More importantly, resting every day in the finished work of Christ? Most absolutely. That's when we really start living. So there's a great story from early church tradition about the apostle John. It's told that when he was in Ephesus, he had a hobby of raising pigeons. And on one occasion, an Ephesian elder passed by John's home as he was returning from a hunt. And when he saw John playing with the birds, he... He criticized the old apostle and he thought, man, what he's doing is so frivolous. Well, John didn't respond at first, but then he noticed the elder's bow and the strings on his bow that he had used for hunting. And he remarked how the huntsman's strings on the bow were loose. And the elder hunter said, "Yeah, I loosen the string of my bow when it's not in use. If, if, it's always, if it always stays tight, it will lose its power and it will fail me in the hunt. John responded, I am now relaxing the bow of my mind so that I might be better able to shoot the arrows of divine truth. We need physical rest. But we need to live in our rest in Jesus. One of my favorite stories is about a, a guy who was a well digger by trade. This was back before electricity, before machinery. People would hire him to find a place where they thought water was and, and then dig them a well. And so he did. Made a pretty good living. He had it cataloged in his shack on who had what well and how deep the well was, and then, of course, he was also asked to maintain the wells. Well, one customer had got a hold of him explaining that their well was in need of repair, and so he looked it up and found out which it was and got the rope accordingly and and then went and then threw that rope down in the well and shimmied down it, and what he had on on the bottom of each one of his ropes was a knot. That, That kept the ends from fraying, but it also was something that he could sit on after all that strength hanging on to that rope when he got down there. And the reason he he had to have a place to sit is just in case he made a mistake and got the wrong rope. You see, if he if he got a rope that was too short and that well was much deeper, why well, he would have to sit on that knot until he had a chance to rest, get his strength back, and then he could go back up and get out and then get the right one. Well, this one particular time he went down and he, he shimmied down that rope and he was sitting on the knot and he couldn't feel the bottom. And he was reaching down as much as he could with his leg and toe. And he, so he had to make a decision. Do I just rest here and then go back up and get a longer rope? or Ah, he knew he'd had the right rope. So he went ahead and let that knot come out. And now he's hanging. He, he's hanging. He's stretched out and he can't touch bottom. And now he doesn't have the strength to pull himself back up. So he's hollering and nobody hears him. Finally, he reached the place of no return. He just couldn't hold on any longer and he fell. Three inches. He had been straining and holding on for dear life when safety was just below his feet. Only when he let go of his own efforts Did he learn that he had nothing to fear? Are you ready to put all of your confidence and trust in Jesus alone? Are you ready to find your rest in him? He wants to be your Shabbat. Won't you let him come?